chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount Plus. It is Thursday, November 17th, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the I must tell you ahead of time before I even introduce our fabulous guest that my internet is not where it needs to be. I realize that's unacceptable. I have let the people of Oakwood know this. I live in about a six block pocket that is going to be the last on the earth to get high-speed cable. When I was growing up, I was literally 19 years old before we got cable television in Washington, D.C. The last place on earth to get cable television. Not a lie, by the way. Three channels till I was 19. Very oppressed upbringing. However, is here. Bill Curlick. Mark Porter is here, the, the guru of Scouting Ohio. We're about recruiting. There are current events to deal with. If you are a devotee of the Bucknuts Live, you would know from Tuesday's conversation with Steve Wolfong and multiple conversations with Florida guru Andrew Ivins along the way that Mark Fletcher was a flip candidate. He is no longer a flip candidate. He flipped. Excuse me. He decommitted. We expect him to flip to Florida. But we kind of saw this coming. Fletcher was originally, I think, supposed to be part of a Fire and ice recruiting situation. He would be the bigger back, and they would have another halfback to go with him. Now they have none. When it comes to that, Bill, give us the latest. Obviously, you weren't caught off guard by this. What happens now? Where do we go from here? Yada yada. Well, no, we, um, you know, you you knew something could happen. Um, Fletcher had visited the past two weekends. Florida last weekend, Miami before that, and um, obviously Ohio State wasn't caught off guard. They they knew he was visiting other schools, so um, you know they they have been very uh, they've been you know, very good to him, so to speak. They they did not really recruit other running backs, um, but now they have to obviously, and they started before he announced his decommitment, you know, they, they started looking around. I had uh, an article on Bucknuts on Tuesday night that they had reached out to Ruben Owens. Uh, Ruben Owens is uh, a five-star running back from Texas that uh, committed to Louisville. One time he was a Texas commitment committed to Louisville. Uh, they reached out to him and uh, he told me that he didn't know if he would visit Ohio state for the Michigan game. So, you know, that one's, a possibility. Um, the, Trey Cornest from 
Winton Woods High School. He's another one that um, that is a possibility. Uh, there has been over recent weeks some contact there between Ohio State and Trey Cornest. He did go with his ter- teammate Jermaine uh, Matthews, the cornerback from Winton Woods that's committed to Ohio State. He did go up to uh, one of the recent Ohio State games. Um, so you know, he's another one that certainly is on the list. Um, Jamarian Wilcox is an interesting young man. I did at least one or two stories on him uh, from last spring and this summer. Ohio State uh, was interested in him. Um, he is from Georgia, and he had been talking about visiting Ohio State this summer. Uh, did not, as far as I know, materialize last I knew, but he's another one that um, certainly is on the radar screen that I'm looking at. And, of course, Justice Haynes, um, that's the big one out there. He committed to Alabama, made an official visit to Ohio State, but I just don't see that one happening. Um, I was told that uh, he's likely to stay with his Alabama equipment, but if he were to flip, the most likely flip destination would be Georgia. So, uh, you know, that's a name out there that certainly would be a great addition. He's a fantastic running back. But as things stand right now, I tend to think – I don't think that happens. Um, things can change. You know, we've got a month basically till the first day of the early signing period. But uh, uh, Justice Haynes is not high on my radar screen as far as ending up at Ohio State. Yeah, I, I'm going to come to you in a sec here, Mark. I, I don't want to – I want people to understand this. There should be no panic about about this. There are certain positions that if you lose during the recruiting process, I think it's worthy of maybe taking the day off, staying in the basement. That's quarterback, left tackle, maybe an, an elite cover corner, you know, maybe one of the ideal, you know, receivers now. The fact is there are just a lot of uh, running backs out there who I think could come into Ohio State and do well, whereas positions i don't think the the guest list would be as long keep in mind at one point in time we had a recruiting class a few years ago we thought was going to be Bijan robinson and jalen knighton how's jalen knighton doing at miami not very well Bijan robinson's probably the best running back in the country we survived that okay mayan williams was committed to iowa state before they went and got him ask yourself how you felt when mayan williams came off the field this past weekend you know your heart broke a little bit so running back is a position where they can line up a, a plethora of dudes. I said before the show, I believe Dallin Hayden could carry the load right now if he had to. So let's bring it back to Ohio. Mark, if they were going to work Ohio for running backs, who would you like them to go after in the class of 2023? Yeah, if, if we rewind back to the summer, Christian Davis from Miamisburg was a hot name at running back at their camp. Will Troll Hartson from Maslin, Washington, hot guy. Their camp looked really good. Those guys are available. I don't know if they're at the caliber you want to replace with. Trey Cornus, like Bill said, is probably one of the hotter names. He's just picked up a bunch of recent offers. He just decommitted from Georgia Tech. Uh, Josh Keskey's down at uh, Ironton. is committed to Wisconsin. Could be another name. He's a bigger back. He's a Mark Fletcher type back if you want a big back. Same with Trey Cornus. Uh, and as you're talking about, there's positions that if you lose a player, you start losing sleep. At running back, it's not one of them. And I always say that's evidenced by if you play fantasy football, uh, running backs get hurt every week, and you plug in guys that you've never heard of, and they run for 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. And so the, the 
the drop off at that position, you can find other guys at, at other positions, not so much. And I'm not trying to minimize running back at all, but there are a lot of great <laughs> athletes. Uh, usually the best player on every team is the tailback. And exactly. there's 717 teams in Ohio that have the best player at tailback. Exactly. So it, it's really a, a, a big wide net you can cast to get another one. But in Ohio, I don't know if, you know, we're at the caliber. The sleeper for me would be Jordan Jackson out of Fairfield. Uh, he's committed to uh, West Virginia right now, and he was a very raw athlete last year just playing tailback for the first time. Seeing him twice in person, he looks really good this year. He's explosive. Uh, that would be an outside name that maybe nobody's talking about at all, but those are that's the list of names in Ohio. And, and speaking of nets, the beauty of Ohio State is this net that they'll – cast here will cross the United States. If there's a running back who as a junior was good and as a senior has been great, they'll go after him. I mean, I think sometimes we get bogged down on, on recruiting. We don't realize this is sort of fluid. Guys are growing and aging and getting better all the time. So there's more candidates out there than one might. Bill, I want to double back to Ruben Owens for one second. In my opinion, through the NIL era that has started, the only two commitments that really made me raise my eyebrows really high were Nicholas Ayamaleva at Tennessee, and that actually doesn't look as bad as Penyon Hooker has done so well, and Reuben Owens at Louisville. Louisville, very you know good program, but not really. Do you think they have a legit shot with Reuben Owens? Well, uh, Ruben was going, and I, I talked to Ruben many times before he had made his commitment to Louisville. Of course, he was originally committed to Texas. Um, he talked highly of getting up to Ohio State and visiting at different times, and those visits never materialized. Um, so I think that the key thing is to get him on campus. And obviously, at this point, you get him on campus for the Michigan game, you hope. Um, so I think for any chance of a flip happening, you got obviously you have to get him on campus, and uh, the sooner the better. The Michigan game is the next destination time. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. Again, he told me the other night, and I had this on Bucknuts that he didn't know what he was going to do right now as far as you know possibly coming up for the Michigan game. Um, as far as you know, his flipping, even if he does, you know. From what I know right now, he's pretty content with his situation and what he has, you know, uh, from Louisville, so to speak. So, you know, I, you say, well, Louisville, Ohio State, you know, that there, there's not a comparison there. Well, maybe in his mind and his situation for what he has at Louisville, you know, maybe there is a comparison. So I guess what I'm saying right now is that uh, – um, they're, you know, they're working on it, but it's far from a done deal that uh, that they would necessarily be able to get him on campus and get him to flip both. I just find it interesting because he's not from Louisville or Kentucky. He's from Texas. So the hook there was probably cash, which means it's going to be one of those decisions. Does he want it up front or does he want it on the back end? So we shall see. We are going to take a quick break here to pay some bills on the podcast and come back and we're back William there's been some updates on who is coming for the Michigan game it is setting up as another just cavalcade of stars 
It may threaten the Notre Dame game for visitor list. Who are some people we should be keeping a keen eye on in the week to the game? Well, you got to start with the official visitors. That would be right now as things stand. Noel Rogers is uh, scheduled to be back for his official visit. He's the wide receiver that I think is as good as you, you get. Ohio State's got a tremendous group of wide receivers coming in. Uh, to the 2023 class, but Noah Rogers is scheduled to make his official visit. Uh, and that's big. I mean, there's been all kinds of talk constantly about him flipping to North Carolina State. I still don't think that happens uh, unless there's a change between now and signing day that I don't expect. But uh, he's making an official visit. You've got Joshua Mickens, the defensive lineman from Indiana, making an official visit. And you still got Jordan Hall on the official visit schedule, the defensive tackle from Florida. So, you know, that that's a ta- talented threesome right there, very talented threesome of, of players for official visits right now. Um, some of the other big names, you know, we talk about running backs, but Jordan uh, Marshall from Cincinnati Moeller, you know, he is, he is a out, he's just a great running back. Um, you know, I have him at the top of the wish list, so to speak, right now for 2024 running backs for Ohio State. And uh, he told me, I had this on Bucknuts when I went down to see him early in the season, that he would be at Ohio State for the Michigan game. He hasn't been to a lot of games. Moeller plays sometimes on Saturdays and all. So uh, he's certainly a, a big name that, that's going to come in. As far as you know, mostly it'll be 2024 and 2025, guys. You've got Aaron Scott. Uh, cornerback from down in your neck of the woods, Dan. You've got Garrett Stover, the linebacker from my neck of the woods up here, linebacker, defensive back. Uh, K.J. Bolden, tremendous safety uh, athlete, wide receiver from Georgia, is, is going to come up. Bryce West was going to be on the list, but uh, their games now are on Saturdays uh, in the playoffs. So unless they get upset this weekend, you can kind of scratch him I I think they'll win this weekend, but uh, uh, he is on the list. Jaden Perlotti, linebacker from Georgia, 2025, great prospect quarterback. You got the best, uh, you know, one of the best in the country, without a doubt. Ryan Montgomery is scheduled to visit. So, you know, I could probably go on and on and take almost the rest of the show, but, uh, you know, that's highlighting some of the names. And, of course, a lot of the high state commitments will be, be on campus. Mark, where do you stand on Jordan Martin? <laughs> I agree with Bill. He's a great all-around running back. There isn't anything he really can't do, receiving, running between the tackles, out on the edge. And I've broken down, I think, three games on him this year. The first guy doesn't get him, and that's the sign of a true running back. Uh, I don't care who you are, what your 40 time is. The first guy can't get you. You can't make it an easy tackle, and that's the trait that he has proven over and over. Uh, Is he the biggest running back? No. But is he small? No. But he's just a well-rounded, like Bill said, very good running back. I don't think I could knock his game really on any area. There are people, as you're talking about, a 24 running back who's from the state of Ohio. So we don't have to hopefully deal with all this uh, other nefarious issues. There was a question on here and their playoff game this weekend from Larry Ventresco. We might as well hit it now. Bill, you were asked this yesterday, I assume, in your chat. Moeller, who are they playing, Lakota East or West? Lakota West. West. What do you like, Mark? You know what? I've seen both of them play live. Uh, Moeller has everything they need to beat Lakota West, but Lakota West could pull this out. That secondary at Lakota West is historically one of the best in Ohio. I mean, they're loaded back there. 
Uh, this is maybe a state championship game in week 13, week 14. You know, like this may be decide who wins it. Uh, I know Lakota West might be a team of destiny the way this class has come through. Uh, Mark Elder over at Moeller, the head coach, he's only been there a couple of years. Uh, he's done a great job of building his program. I want to say he has 18 college prospects or more on that team. Uh, I mean, almost every kid on that team is going to play college football. So this is one of those you couldn't be wrong with whoever you picked. I think the emotional choice is Lakota West, the talented choice maybe over at Moeller with all the players they have. But how many Ohio State guys are going to be on that field? Yeah, that's one of those games. I just hope the weather is good. You know what I mean? You want to you want a clean track for those guys to play. I cannot get over in Ohio how many games are affected by weather in the playoffs. Rain being the great equal. Cold out there. So uh, yeah. here's one question. This is going back to the Mark Fletcher decommitment. I don't agree with this, but you guys can take it. Jackson Smith and Jigba has been hurt. Travion Henderson has been hurt. Mayan Williams has been hurt. Are competing coaches, you think, using that to negative recruit Ohio State when it comes to their training and fitness? Mark, you want to take that one? Yeah, I'm with you. I, this question doesn't really grip with me. I, I, I'm injury agnostic. They, they happen when they happen. Uh, a lot of times when they happen in flurries, you, you blame the turf. You blame the trainer. You blame – all these things to try to find a common thing. And then all of a sudden it disappears a year later and there isn't a common theme to the injuries. Uh, sometimes you get a bunch of hamstrings or a bunch of knees and you want to blame something. Uh, I even saw the NFL just had a stat the other day on turf field and grass field. There's been more ACL injuries on grass fields this year in the NFL. Who would have thought that 15 years ago? We thought turf was the evil thing that tore everybody's ACL. So when you look at this, now this is just a fluke year. None of these uh, injuries were, you know, <laughs> How do I say it? the commonality or a trainer or something like that? And if you're another coach and you got to pick at something like that to try to win a player over, and even if you're a player and you let something like that creep into your mind as doubt, that's you know, then you're not the type of player that should be there to begin with. You know that oh, they have a wrong trainer. I'm going to get hurt. I shouldn't go there. So a little far fetched. I know that was a long explanation for a far fetched, but it doesn't grip with me at all. Agreed. Uh, also, Dan. I'd Look at the, you know, you see a couple running backs hurt and, and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And, but really, in totality, Ohio State has not been devastated by injuries this year. Not at all. Um, they've had some, but everybody has injuries. I mean, if you stand on the sideline of an Ohio State football game, heck, if you stand on the sideline of the molar Lakota West game, you're going to see violent, big-time collisions. It's really amazing that uh, – that there aren't more injuries in my mind. So Ohio State has not been devastated by injuries this year. In, in every sideline I've ever been on, there's a triage unit standing there with you. Yeah. There's kids on crutches, kids in cast, ankles. I mean, it, it's lucky that there's not more injuries. It's almost amazing the job they do to keep these people as healthy as they are. So you can almost flip it that way. So I've been blessed to get to go to a lot of sporting events in my journalistic capacity. Redskins, Redskins. It was the Redskins at the time. Cowboys game at uh, the Redskins home field. Ten allowed to the field and watch. The way I, I looked to my right, it was Sal Palantonio was standing. Me and Frank Luxa, another uh, famous columnist for the Cowboys, was on my right, and he was smoking a cigarette during we were on the field. That's what I remember. But 
I was close enough to the line that, that you can, first of all, you can hear it. That's what you don't understand as much about uh, being on the field. Like those uh, NFL film sounds. When you see these, I saw Dana Stubblefield and Larry Allen lock up on the 20 yard line and Larry Allen drove him 15 yards back and planted Dana Stubblefield in the ground. You know how you watch football and you say, I dream about being a football player. There is not enough money in the world to have gotten me on that field. I would have been a dead man. I'm not kidding you. I was, I was scared out of my mind. I would have be careful what you wish for because it is no joke out there. And the idea that there aren't more injuries, I agree with that. It's incredible. Uh, I worked the chains. My daughter was a high school cheerleader this year. And so I had to go to our high school games. Not that I didn't want to go, of course, but so I worked the chains. Let me tell you something. I got run into the first weekend and I dropped that thing and ran for the stand so fast. The next X number of weeks, everyone was thinking, my, I'm not getting hit by those guys. It's intense out there, man. This is low level Ohio high school football I'm talking about. So these guys are true warriors, man. It's let's uh, know that. Okay. Question. Historically, Ohio State doesn't go to the portal unless there's a need. Will there be a big enough need at running back next year to dip in there? If, if so, any rumblings in college football land? I haven't seen anything about that. I don't think you're going to mention the transfer portal for a team like Ohio State until after the season. However, we've already seen this. Another reason not to be worried about running back is Ohio State could probably go to the best sophomore running back in the country who's not at a huge program and say, I'm in here for the big stage, and I think they could pull that off. Jameer Gibbs went to Georgia Tech. Everybody knew he wasn't going to stay at Georgia Tech. Alabama ended up getting him. So I do think that's very possible. I don't think you'll hear any names mentioned about that, but aim high. That's what I would say about that. Um, also, Dan, I would I would add that uh, look at you got to look at the roster. The usual number of running backs on – Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, you know, the rosters on scholarship are five or six for a year, okay? So next year at Ohio State, you're going to have, hopefully, theoretically, you know, probably, you're going to have Travion Henderson back. You're going to have Mayan Williams back. You're going to have Evan Pryor back. That's three. And then you've got da Dallin Hayden. That's four. So, uh, you know, you if you have a 2023 running back in this class, which they're working on, that will be five. So they're not going to be in a position where they have to have another running back, providing they get a 2023 guy, which I think they will. Um, they could, because again, I said that's five or six. So the only way I see them doing the running back thing is kind of like the other positions. If they can get a guy that can come in and be, you know, a, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, you know, Justin Fields came in because there was a big need there. Jonah Jackson came in because they had a big need there at guard. So, you know, it, it's got to be somebody I think that's going to play as long as they get a 2023 running back. So uh, we'll see on that. You know, and again, if you start bringing in a lot of transfer portal guys, that can impact recruiting. And I don't think Ohio State wants to be transfer you I, I think they want to be recruiting you more so than transfer you 
if they go into next season with theoretically Dallin Hayden or Evan Pryor as their fourth string running back, that will be as strong as any running back room in the United States. That'd be a strong, that's almost as good as the Browns. So we, we got to just assess the situation accurately here before we get too worried. All right, Mark, we know Bill is dealing with very, very important duties this weekend and a grandfatherly role. We're <laughs> jealous. Mark, where will you be? And if there's anything else we need to know about this weekend from a playoff perspective, either one of you guys can chime in with that. Yeah, weather, weather, weather. We hope that doesn't affect it. Uh, Chardon last week, if you looked at Chardon, they're averaging 40, 50 points a game, 30 points a game every week. They didn't score an offensive touchdown last week. Okay, they won 10-7 to 7 on a defensive touchdown. So he alluded to it earlier. You could have two great teams, and the weather could decide the game, not the two teams on the field. Uh, Chardon goes against Canfield. I expect them to get back to normal. That should be a great game. Uh, I'm going to see Menor and St. Ed's. That's big-time football. I'm just staying up north instead of going down south. I debated the Lakota West game. Uh, I'm going to probably go see Glenville again on uh, Saturday night. They're playing Van Wert. Uh, so I, I kind of it, it was snowing and raining so hard last week. I didn't get great footage of those guys. So we'll go see him again. I have no problem double dipping on Glenville at this time of the year. I think they're looking good for a state championship on their end of the in division four. Uh, I liked West Branch a lot in division four, but their quarterback's playing hurt right now. Uh, he just got an offer from Kent State. Uh, Drew DeShields, he's kind of special. I thought he was a guy that could go to the, like a Joe Burrow could take a smaller team there. But I think Glenville is going to get in their way. So. Uh, some good Division Four or Five football this week. I'm going to try to check out on the other side of the state. Good stuff, and I would tell everybody uh, if you have not read Bill's stuff on the updated Top Two Four Seven rankings for the class of 2024, that is something that will bring you great joy. Because if you look at the way the top, I say top ten, the top six lays out, there's a chance Ohio State's going to bring home four of the top eight players. They've already got the number one player in the country and Dylan Riola committed. They have crystal balls rolling for Jeremiah Smith. There's KJ Bolden. There's Sammy Brown. So be sure to check that stuff out. Uh, it'll balance out your, if you have any Mark Fletcher angst left, you read that, you will feel much better about the future. Uh, Dan, I want to real quick circle back, for, you know, go back real quick. Somebody I saw brought up uh, Chip Trainum too, when you're talking yep. about running backs. And he has been moved to running back. I know that he was very happy at linebacker. He felt like he had moved into the uh, top two type situation. Um, who knows what will happen with him next year? Will he stay at running back or move back to linebacker? I kind of think he'll move back to linebacker, but who knows? If they need a running back, he's there as well. Be nice to be Landon Marks and have all the answers, wouldn't it be, guys? I digress. We appreciate everybody stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Bye. 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 Bye.